And here we go. That is the hymn we're going to be taking a look at at on Law and Gospel today, which is December the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2019. And as is our custom, we have on the line with us Pastor Mark Smith. How you doing, Mark? Hey, I'm doing fine. I can hear you loud and clear. Well, of course you can hear me loud and clear. <laughs> Put your phone up. You can hear it even better. Yes. <laughs> o come, O come, Emmanuel. It almost sounds like a Christmas hymn, but it's an Advent hymn. That's right. Based now, on the seven antiphons of uh, Advent. Right. What is an antiphon? It's a section. It's uh, Well, I'll tell you. Uh, it tells us in the hymnal, it's uh, these were ancient, seven ancient antiphons that were used at Vespers during the last seven days of Advent. And it's actually got them numbered December 17th, se- December 18th, December through 19th. Through the 23rd. Through the 23rd, right. 24th, of course, is uh, Christmas Eve. Yes. And uh, they are actually psalms. The word antiphon means opposite voice. And right, anti. It's actually right. a part of the Psalms. And I don't know, have you ever used them in your congregation? Not, uh, no, I, well, I use the hymn all the time. I use the hymn a lot. But uh, yes. uh, I've heard some, you know, series, uh, sermon series on those antiphons, too. I've oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, would you be so kind as to read the first stanza? Sure. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, that word Emmanuel is actually found in the Old Testament. Isaiah seven fourteen. Yes. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What, what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. Yes. The last part, L, E-L, is the word for God. Like... Um, El Shaddai means he. Of course, in the Bible, anytime it's referring to the Trinity, it's Elohim, which is a plural. Right. That's right. But it is always followed by a singular verb. And so it kind of shows God, is three God and yet one. as the Trinity is three persons and one God. That's right. And then a man means with us. So God with us. But then it says, ransom captive Israel. Who's captive Israel? That would be, uh, well, for us today, that's, that's the church. That's the whole church, all, all of God's people. In fact, Christ came for all nations, of course. Yes. And the word Israel, if you go to Romans 9 to 11, you'll discover that the new Israel is the holy Christian church made up of Jews and Gentiles. 
Correct. But how are we captive? What does that refer to? Because we're not in Egypt anymore. We don't have Rome over us. So what does captive mean? In bondage to sin, death, and hell. Yes. In fact, it's called the curse of the law. It's, it's really a law and gospel hymn here to ransom captive Israel. Now, I, I, I find the word ransom is very interesting. What does that normally mean? Well, it means you have to pay a price. You have to redeem somebody, buy them back. Yes. And the word redeem in Jesus' day was the price of a slave. So we were in slavery, and who paid the price? Christ. Yes. Christ. God with us. It says, ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile. What does that mean, lonely exile? Well, we're still, we're still living under the shadow of the cross. We're not in glory yet. We're still excellent. We still struggle with sin and and Satan, and uh, we long for that release that comes when Christ comes on the last day. In fact, in fact, uh, He's already freed us, and we get a foretaste of that freedom already uh, through His gospel. No, that's really an important point because the next phrase says that we're in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Because when he appears and does his work, what is one of the words from the cross? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Right, and that's how we get out of that. So, no wonder the coming of the Emmanuel, we sing, Rejoice, Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Uh, does your church have the candles for Advent? Yes, we have, but we do have four blue ones. We don't have the, the, the pink candle. Oh, really? We just have the four four blue uh, Advent candles. And, of yeah, course, uh, the Christ candle in the middle. The churches I'm at now have uh, the pink, and that was lit last Wednesday, or well, last that's Sunday. The, that's the, the candle of joy, yeah. Yes. In fact, we sang this. We sang this hymn last Sunday because it talks about rejoice, rejoice. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't put it for the third Sunday in Advent. I wonder, instead too. Instead of the fourth. Yeah. You going to sing it again? Well, I guess it's probably closer to the uh, remaining days in, uh, in Advent. Yes. Which is historically when those antiphons are used. Well, are we going to sing it again? We might. <laughs> well, it's seven verses, but it's good for communion. Yeah, it is. That's where we used it last Sunday. All right. I'm going to do stanza two. O come thou wisdom from on high, who orderest all things mightily. To us the path of knowledge show, and teach us in her ways to go. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now... Why do you think, you know, we're not really sure who wrote this. It's from the 12th century. And um, why do you think they referred to Jesus 
not only as a manual, but wisdom. Well, that that comes right from the scripture. Uh, yes. I'm, it's it's uh, Isaiah. Um, I can't give you the exact chapter and verse, but that's right out of the scripture where it talks about wisdom. Jesus is wisdom personified. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, what's the opposite of being uh, having wisdom? <laughs> the opposite of having wisdom would be uh, darkness, ignorance, absolute ignorance. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a couple of verses... Isaiah twenty eight twenty nine. This also comes from the Lord of Hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. That's almost exactly what this is saying here. So, wisdom is really a big point in Proverbs. There's a lot That's of passages right. that talk about. That's right. It kind of, uh, you know, it also reminds me of the, uh, I think it's the fifth, the fifth Antipon. I hate to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, it says, Day, spring, splendor of light, everlasting, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So that's what wisdom does. It enlightens us, those who, of us who live in the darkness and the shadow of death. Yes. In, in fact, um when Solomon wrote Proverbs, he says, I have not learned wisdom, or have I knowledge of the Holy One? But he therefore receives it as a gift from God. And that's through faith. Now, we're not going to get to the antiphons today. We've got seven verses just in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But... Um, that Jesus' wisdom is also explained in the verse. To us the path of knowledge show and teach us in her ways to go. Remember, Jesus talks about a broad path and a narrow path. What's he referring to? Yeah, the broad path is the way of the world, and the narrow path is, is him. He yes. is the way. He is the way. He's the only way. I am the way, the, the truth, truth, and, and the, the life. Yes. No one comes to the Father but by me. Boy. You Stanza know, uh, three. Tom, Tom, you said we wouldn't get to the antiphons. One thing that's really good about the Lutheran service book is they've got the, the, uh, the seven antiphons printed on the opposite page of this hymn, which is really good. But you've never used them, and I haven't either. So it's not part of the hymn. No, but the hymn is based on the seven antiphons. Okay. Uh, stanza three. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. A lot of people don't realize that Jesus is not only found in the New Testament, he's found in the Old Testament. And this verse makes it clear that it is Jesus who's on Mount Sinai. 
In fact, the first time that Moses was on Mount Sinai, remember the burning bush? Yeah, in fact, that's part of the Antiphon. It mentions that, who appeared to Moses in the burning bush and gave him the law on Sinai. Yes. So that's referring to Jesus Christ, and he's found throughout the Old Testament. A lot of times he's called the angel of the Lord. Uh, O come, thou Lord of might. In fact, uh, I'm talking about the name of God that Isaiah 35 uh, talks about quite a bit. Um, you know, how, how, how God is named. And that's part of the thing that I'm doing for the uh, Advent Wednesdays. That he's uh, mighty... Uh, Prince of Peace, etc. So, in ancient days, did gives the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Now, the people were really afraid. I like listening when I go to sleep to rain. I, I turn on the uh, television, and they have these um, under YouTube where you can listen to rain falling on windows or waves or thunder. And last night I was listening to one rain and thunder, and boy, it was really loud. I had to turn it down. <laughs> but, yeah, if, you've uh, ever, if you've ever been in a, in a house with a tin roof, boy, it really makes a sound. Yes, yes. It'll lull you to sleep. So, four. O come thou branch of Jesse's tree... Free them from Satan's tyranny that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. Now, what does it mean, branch of Jesse's tree? Who's Jesse? Jesse is the father of David. Yes. And, and of course, Jesus is a, a descendant of Jesse. So he's a, or the righteous branch. Yes. Who's the main son of Jesse? David. Yes. And Jesus being the branch, he frees us from Satan's tyranny. How is that freedom occurring? Here we go, law and gospel again. That trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. Trust is just another word for faith. Right. It's all the same Greek word, trust or faith or belief. And therefore, if you trust his mighty power, this is another way of saying you trust the promises connected to his mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. How does that victory over the grave occur? Well, of course, it uh, it happens uh, w with his own resurrection. He, uh, one of the things that we've learned from when God raised, raised Jesus from the dead on that first Easter morning, one of the things we learned from that is that he was indeed, well, one thing is that, uh, that God accepted the sacrifice he made on Calvary, but it also means that we too shall arise on the last day. He'll be yeah, he'll raise us up. he's the first fruits. He's the first right. fruits of them that sleep. Stanza five. O come thou key of David, come. And open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high. And close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice 
Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Why is he referred to as a key of David? What's the well, key? Uh, the key of David is uh, that's again that's one of the uh, one of the antiphons, and open wide our heaven. He's the he's the key. He is the key that opens wide uh, the pathway to our heavenly home. He in Christ the catechism. Is the key. In the Catechism, it's part called the Office of the Keys. Office of the Keys. The Antiphon says, you open and no one can close, you close and no one can open. And he is the only one that, that can open. He's the, the Lamb in Revelation, the only one that was able to open the Book of Seven Seals. Yes. He's yeah, the only he was one, the only that one that worthy the enough because right. he appeared as a slain lamb. Right. All right, I'll read six. O come thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the glooming clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. What does day spring mean? Well, that reminds me of that verse, uh, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. How does that refer to day spring? Well, uh, is day spring, is that, is, like, is that the sun, the sun rising? Well, you know what the day spring light is, is actually Venus. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. It's actually uh, the planet. Day spring is Venus. Is that the, is that the first star that appears? Yes. Or the, or the last star? Well, I don't know about last star. Okay. But how is he therefore the day spring? Jesus. I, you got me, Tom. <laughs> well, <laughs> this he is says, the problem of, of, our, of us both being on the telephone. <laughs> I am. It says, I am the light of the world. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. And that's, that's also an emphasis in Epiphany, when Epiphany comes up. Yes. He's the light yeah, of the world. Um, in fact, the closest you get to day spring is Ezekiel 29. On that day, I will cause a horn to spring up for the house of Israel, and I will open your lips among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So day spring from on high is the one who gives us light. And as we saw from the previous verses, that's through faith. Okay, last stanza, please. O come thou, oh, let's see, O come thou desire of nations bind, in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease, and be thyself our king of peace. So, O come desire of nations. Why is he referred to as the desire of nations? Well, uh, that probably stems from... Uh, one of the antiphons that says, O king of nations, ruler they long for, for the cornerstone yes. uniting all people. 
Yes. Yeah, you did uh, something I hadn't really realized before, that the great old antiphons are based on these seven verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I hadn't realized that that much, and you pointed it out real well. So the desire of the nations would be particularly uh, the desire of the Gentiles. Right, right, absolutely, yes. They all long for a savior. Yes. Um, it's just something that you don't always think about, but they too recognize that they're sinful and uh, they need to somehow be saved from that sinfulness. Yeah. What's that one hymn? It's a very, very popular Christmas hymn. Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. O to all thyself impart joy in each believing heart. What hymn is that? Come, desire of nations, come. I, I'm trying to think what hymn that is. Um, is it even in our hymnal? Oh, yes. We sing it all the time, all at Christmas. Oh, you do? Oh, yes. Come, desire of nations, come. Um... Obviously, that's not the title. No. Yeah. I, I've got a book here I can look it up, but I don't know which one it is. So this last verse, Desire of Nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. How do we understand that? How would you get that across to children? Say in Sunday school, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Well, to, uh, to little kids, I would, you know, you know that little uh, finger uh, picture that you use with kids? This is the church. This is the people. This oh, is yes. the people. Open the door and see all the people. Well, notice that all those people are bound together in your hands. Yes. That's what Christ has done. He's bound us together. There's near the, neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus by virtue of his justification. Well, what you just said is, therefore, bid thou our sad divisions cease. And those are the divisions that we have uh, among people, and that they will cease, and Jesus will be the king of peace. So, whether you use that or not this Sunday, are you going to be uh, uh, preaching this Sunday? Yes, I am. And what are your service times? Uh at uh, 9 o'clock Sunday morning, 9 o'clock Sunday morning, and then 5, 5 p.m. Uh, Saturday evening. Excellent. And don't you have a Saturday service or not? 5 p.m. Saturday. And then how about Advent Wednesdays? Oh, uh, 7 p.m. Wednesday. This last one is this Wednesday. Yes. And this is our last broadcast this year because KFUO goes to music starting next Tuesday. All righty. Thanks so much, Pastor Mark Smith. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.
Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.